part of the Lord's Prayer we're going to focus on today is give us today our daily bread. I don't know what kind of bread you like uh, sometimes for a treat. Some of us at our house like the, the cinnamon raisin bread. But no matter what kind of bread you're talking about, I, I, you don't normally just eat bread. You put something on it, something with it. You toast it, you put butter or jam, jelly. You make a sandwich out of it. We like making garlic toast out of it. But by itself, yeah. So is this what we're asking for? Give us today our daily bread. Well, as we look at this part, this petition of the Lord's Prayer, we're going to see this, this, this line, this phrase is, is far more than a loaf of bread. We're going to look at those words I just read, uh, Luke chapter 11. I don't know if we all realize this. Jesus, when he taught the Lord's Prayer, actually taught it multiple times. This is the second time he taught it. We've been looking at, for the last few weeks, looking at Matthew chapter 6, but this is Luke chapter 11. I mean, Jesus is a master teacher. He repeats things. But it is interesting that in this repetition of the Lord's Prayer, some of the petitions, some of the requests are are not the same. And, And even those that are the same, that the wording is different. I think Jesus is telling us something there. The Lord's Prayer is not this exact incantation that if you get the exact right words, God will do what you want. That's not what prayer is. So as we look at this petition, give us today our daily bread, we see that this is a request that God give us everything we need. And as we look at this prayer, we realize we're asking God first, first of all, Lord, help us to see that it all comes from you. So give us today our daily bread. What exactly is meant by daily bread? Well, you have to understand, in Jesus' time, bread, a loaf of bread, what was a staple of their diet, and it would feed a person for an entire day. Now, of course, the bread tasted different, it looked different, but we can understand the idea. And because it was a staple of their diet, bread became a saying, or it meant everything that we would need for our body. Um, so food, it certainly included food. Um, fruits, vegetables, I would add pizza, um, beverages, whatever we need for our body. If that meant you needed medicine, it would include that. If, if it meant you needed clothes or, or a home to stay warm and, and shelter, it would include all of that. Whatever we need for this, this body. Uh, Martin Luther said this, uh, briefly stated, This petition is meant to include everything that is connected with our entire life on earth because it is only for the sake of this life that we need daily bread. So let's think about that. Everything we need for this life, for this body. 
So it actually even includes a good government. A government's job is to maintain peace and stability. If it doesn't do that, we, we, you, you can't go to work if you're afraid of crime. A farmer can't plant and, and raise crops if people are just going to steal all the crops. A good government is critical. That's why Luther also said about this petition, he's asking God to, to bestow on our beloved leader good fortune and success against the, his enemies, give him wisdom and understanding to govern over a peaceful and very happy nation. And so when we say, give us today our daily bread, we're talking about whatever we need, everything we need for this life. And so after the sermon today, we're going to use part of the, the, the catechism. And the catechism explains it this way. Daily bread includes everything that we need for our bodily welfare, such as food and drink, uh, clothing and shoes, house and home, fields and flocks, money and goods, a godly family, good workers, good government, honest leaders, good citizens, good weather, peace and order, health, a, a good name, loyal friends, and, and good neighbors. All that we need, everything that we need for this life. Give us today our daily bread. Here's the problem, though. We don't always realize or acknowledge that all these things actually come from God. We think it's our doing. You know, I, I went to work. I put in those hours that was my paycheck that I earned. I went to the store. I bought those things. I went to the restaurant. It was me, not, not God. But what does God say about that? In Deuteronomy, he says, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. We, we may think we're the ones doing it, but it's really God. God is the, the, the source. It is from God. He gives all our abilities, our, our skills. He made us. Everything that we need comes from him. When we forget where things come from, then it is really easy to start worrying. And maybe for you, worrying is, is worrying about how you're going to pay for some food when you're at the end of your pay period. You're still waiting for a few days till that next check. Or, or for you, maybe it's just worrying how you're going to pay for kids at college or, or set aside enough for retirement or, or how you... You've lost so much money in, in the stock market. It, we, we can worry about so many different things. And yet, what does the Bible say? Be content 
with what you have. Jesus said earlier in our gospel reading, by worrying, you're not adding to your life. It's filling up your time. So be content with what you have. And this is not easy. Because we see what others have, and we don't, and we want. The Bible says be content with what you have. And that then makes it really easy, if we're not content, makes it really easy not to be thankful. If we were thankful, we would treat the things that we do have a lot differently. Here's the thing. What we have is really on loan to us. The Bible calls us stewards, which means a manager. Now think about that. Think of a restaurant or a store where there's a manager in charge of the store. If there's a manager that assumes something, that assumes that there's also an owner. The manager is there just to manage and take care of things, and eventually there's going to be a new manager. The stuff will keep on being there, but a new manager will take care of it. It's the same thing with us. God has given us things to manage, and when we're done, someone else is going to have those things. It's just given to us on loan while we are here. If we fail to realize that, and we fail to thank God because it's really not our things, it's, it's His things. So, be thankful for what He's given you. You know, for little kids, <laughs> parents of little toddlers have to continually teach them what to say, thank you, because we just don't automatically do that. And sometimes us adults need the same reminder. Give us today our daily bread. Lord, help us to see where all this comes from. And then, Lord, help us to thank you. The reality is food does not last. When you eat a meal... In a few hours, you're going to eat another meal. Food does not last. I mean, look at your refrigerator. When I go grocery shopping and I come back home with the groceries, there's something I always have to do. I have to empty out the fridge, take out all the, the old food, the leftovers, take out the, the, the smelly vegetables and fruit, all the bad stuff. I take things out to make room for the new because food does not last. Parents, clothes don't last. Are your children wearing the same clothes they did at the beginning of the school year? Probably not. They probably grew grew out of it or maybe got, got holes in them and you threw them away. Clothes don't last. Food doesn't last. Clothes don't last. Things don't last. But what does last is what Jesus gives us. 
Jesus led a life that was not filled with um, thanklessness. It was a life filled with thankfulness, acknowledging where every good and perfect gift comes from. Jesus led a, a life of contentment. He led a life of thanking God, and he gave that perfect life, a life filled with no sin. He gave that life as a sacrifice to pay for our sins, the times that we aren't thankful, the, the times we think it's all because of us, the, the times that, that we are not content. All of our sins, Jesus died for on the cross. And so he has given us something that will last into eternity. Heaven. Salvation. And so, because of that, understand he's going to take care of us. I, I, I heard another pastor use this illustration, and I love it. Let's say you go and you need a brand new car. So you go to the car dealership, and you pick out a really nice car. And, and you've been saving up for it, so you actually pay cash for this thing. And as you're driving out of that car lot in this brand new, really good car, you drive home, and as you're driving home, you run over a nail and get a flat tire. You pull off to the side of the road, what do you do? You just abandon the car on the side of the road as a flat tire, no good. No, you just paid for this car in cash. You get a new tire. Same thing with us. God has paid for us with the blood of his son. He's not going to abandon us on the side of the road. If he's taking care of our greatest need, he will take care of our need here. And he knows what we need. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If parents here on earth know that it's not a good idea to give a little kid a scorpion or a snake, if we know that, how much more does our Heavenly Father know what we actually need? And every day, He gives it to us. So, be thankful. Trust that He will give you what you need. And he gives it to us day by day. The prayer is, give us today our daily bread. I think he's trying to teach us something there, to trust daily. Because think of it, if you got your salary from work, not in a month, every month or every week, but for the whole year in one lump sum, how hard would that be? especially at the end of the year, 
I, I don't, maybe a few of us could do that, but most of us could not. God doesn't do it. He gives us what we need day after day. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. God will take care of tomorrow. He gives us what we need today. Be thankful for that. And be content. Proverbs says, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Be content with what he gives you today. And thank him. Thank him when you sit down at a meal, when you go grocery shopping, when uh, you're at work, at, at home. Thank him. Psalm 145 says, He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Give us today our daily bread. Obviously, it way, means way more than just a loaf of bread. It's everything that we need, day by day. So when we pray that, we're asking God to help us to see that, to, to realize that. And help us thank him for it. Lord, Give us today our daily bread. Amen. And for our confession of faith, let's join together in what the, the catechism explains as this article, as this petition. Let's join in the fourth petition. Give us today our daily bread. What does this mean? God surely gives daily bread without our asking even to all the wicked. But we pray in this petition that he would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What then is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that we need for our bodily welfare, such as food and drink, clothing and shoes, house and home, land and cattle, money and goods, a godly spouse, godly children, godly workers, godly and faithful leaders, good government, good weather, peace and order, health, a good name, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like.